0: Okay. Good evening. As you can see, I'm not Rabbi Bravender, I'm Jeff Stacks. Um, Rabbi Bravender will be back next week. Parsha Kitavo. Um Parsha Kitavo is in many senses the end of everything we've been talking up about uh, talking about up until now in Sefer Zvarim. Sefer Zvarim is this long, lengthy speech of Moshe. Imagine you know, imagine going to shul. And the rabbi gets up to speak, and he tells you, you know, everything from Parshat V'etchanan until Parshat Kitavo, in in one long in one long drasha. He wouldn't have a job the next week, but somehow Moshe Rabenu, Moshe Rabbeinu got away with it. And not only that, it was such a good drasha, we read it, we read it every year, um, starting from starting from Parshat Vehanan, Parakay, in. Uh, in Zvarim, uh, Moshe recounts what happened at Mamad Har Sinai, and then goes on uh, from terek Vov uh, up until until our the beginning of our parasha up until Perek Kafvov, chapter twenty six, basically listing lots and lots and lots of mitzvot, uh, most of which we hadn't met along along the way. The first section, terek uh, Vov to Perik uh, Yud it deals with uh, with various uh, various um, various uh, mitzvot, and from Perik Yud Bet up to chapter twelve to chapter twenty six deals with what uh, the section is called Chukim <laughs> Mishpatim. So what did what did we see? What did we have in Parshat Re'eh? Parshat Re'eh, the theme was the Mikdash and Yushalayim as the center of the national center of of, of religious life. Pasha Shoftim was dealt largely with Jewish leadership and the administration of the people and the administration of of the Torah uh, in the new national center that we're about to go into. Moshe's telling this over and they're they're packing their bags, they're getting ready to go. We're, very soon before nefesh per nefesh, we're very soon. We're all going up and into and into Eretz Yisrael. Uh, parsha Kitatei last week was a, a, a smattering of, um, of different civil laws, mitzvot ben adam lechaveru, uh, how to organize this new society that you're going into. And now, at the beginning of our parsha, the beginning of our parsha, this speech ends with two last mitzvot that almost, very interestingly. Which might have been tacked on to it would have been it would have been neater in some in some sense had these two mitzvot been tacked on to the end of Parsha Ki teitzay, and we would have begun Parsha Ki Tavo with the new topic which is the, the main topic of Parsha Ki Tavo is the main subject the brachot and the tochatah, kind of like the the uh, okay now that we've taught you all these mitzvot here are the consequences. Here's what you'll get if you do it. Here's what will happen to you if you, if you disobey. Um, and that, that starts the, the new, leading up to the final section of, of Dvarim, which we're rapidly, we're rapidly approaching, even though Semchas Torah still seems like so far away, because uh, we have to get through Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And, uh, but the truth is, the end of Sefer Dvarim is, is really very close. We're, we're almost at the end of the book. But we have this long pause with all this other stuff in between, uh, which makes it seem far away. But if you think of the book unfolding, we're, we're virtually we're virtually at the end. Yomitzavim v'yerech and Hazilu, which is very short, uh, very short indeed. Um, so these last two mitzvot, which we encounter kitavot, which ends this long list of different mitzvot in mishpatim, are mikrabikurim when we bring the Bikurim to the Mikdash, the, the first fruits, there's something that we have to recite. Our Ami Ovei Davi, the whole story of how we went down to Mitzrayim, and how we got out of Mitzrayim, and now that we got out of Mitzrayim, we went, we came to the land, and in the land we grew these fruits, and here's some Rimonim, and here's some Teinim and this is it, and thank you God for giving us this land, because this Mikra Bikurim, the recitation, which has to be said when you bring the Bikurim up to the, up to the Mikdash, tells the whole condensed version, the Reader's Digest version of Jewish history, that we got down to Mitzrayim and Hashem took us out, those psukim serve as the heart of Sigur Yitzit Mitzrayim, of the Haggadah. And we Darshanos pesukim. That's the, the main, the meat and potatoes, as it were, uh, of, uh, of of the hagaddah. Well, I'll say there. The final, the final uh, mitzvah is vidui Maiser. and that's the pesukim I want to look at here. Uh, a very odd mitzvah, a, a, a very very odd mitzvah. Ki sorat kol twatcha when you're done giving your meiser, meiser you know you have food, you take off 10% meiser, you give it to a levi. you also have to have truma the truma, the meiser that you give to the levy has to take off truma, all sorts of the coin, there's meiser sheni which in the which in the first, second, fourth, and fifth years is brought up to Shalayim, when you're coming to Shalayim for the, for the, um, the Shash Vagalim. In the third and the sixth year, it's Ma'asir Ani, a special extra, extra gift for the, for the poor, uh, a tzedakah of sort. So in the third year, the Pesach says, when you're done with the third year, Meaning within the Shemitah, so the seventh year, of course, is the Shemitah, which we're starting in two weeks. So within the seven-year cycle, which is really only six years, because it takes Shemitah off, there are two sub-cycles. First, second, third year, Meiser Sheni, Meiser Sheni, And then that repeats itself. sir Sheni, my Sheni, Meiser Oni. So the Torah says after the third year, when you're done giving all your maister, and you gave the meisr to the levy, and you gave the to the kohen, and when you gave the meisr ani to the ani in, a, in, in the third year, when you have to do that, you did everything you have to do. The Gemara learns after this, and since you have to do it the third year, you also have to do it in the, in the sixth year. So when you're done doing all of that, I've removed all of these. Sanctified tithes, all of the kadosh, all of the truma, all of the miser, all the, anything that that I had that I had to separate off and give to someone else, I did what I had to do. I don't have anything hiding in my house. I don't have a cupboard full of maaser that I never got around that I never got around to giving. I don't have any maaser. I don't have any maaser uh, I don't have any maaser I don't have any miser only, I don't have any truma that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Biarti, I, I, I removed it from my home I gave it to everybody who was supposed to get it each thing according to whoever was we supposed to go to All of those mitzvot you gave me Hashem, I did them all I didn't forget a thing and then he, he lists all the things you're not supposed to do all the things you're supposed to do to the, uh, with the true He says, I did everything I did everything that I was instructed and since I did everything that I was instructed this is the continuation of the Vidu of the recitation look down from your holy abode God, I did everything you told me. So now, I'm saying in parentheses, you keep your end of the deal. Look down on us from on high. Bless us. Bless the Jewish people. Bless the land. Bless the land that you gave us. The land flowing with milk and honey. It's extraordinarily strange for so many different reasons. Number one, what is this doing here? Why does Moshe choose to end this great speech on this one halacha? On this one halacha? So where should it, where should it, where should it belong? If you were organizing, you know, the Torah, where would you think this mitzvah should appear? In mishpatim. Okay. Uh, let's assume that you're in, assuming that it's in tzvarim. You're organizing this. And Moshe has his notes. He's preparing his notes for his speech, and he put them on note cards. I remember when you, how you learned how to. Now it's all on computers. When, when I was a kid, when we were kids, uh, when you learned how to, I can say when we were kids, even though some of you were older than me, because we were all children. Whether it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. 40 years ago or more we were, it was pre-computer we went to schools before computers mm-hmm. so how did you learn how to make a speech or a presentation or write a report they told you to take note cards and write all your points on note cards and so when you have all the points then you lay them out and then you order them in the most logical order now it's all done uh, by computer so Moshe has a speech so you have one note card that says Vidui Marse where would you put it in this speech in the variant? Well, probably... Yeah, Bidiuk. In Re'ei, where it talks about Meiser. The halachot of Truma and Meiser over there in Re'ei, the Yud Dalit, I think. So you would think a logical place would, for, for the Vidwe Meiser. Here's the halachot of, of, uh, of Meiser and Truma, And there's another halachot that after you do it, you have to say, you have to recite this text that says, I did it. But it's not there. It's over here by Bikurim. So some want to say that it's, it's, here by, it's here at the end because since it's so much related to Bikurim, Mikra, Bikurim, these two mitzvot, both agriculturally related, with some kind of verbal declaration. So it makes sense that they should go together. But that also doesn't answer the question of why is Mikra Bikurim here at the end? Why, why is this the conclusion of the... Why is this the conclusion of of the speech the second question in what way in what way is this vidui so we all know about vidui about confession because we're all gearing up any svaradim present they're too tired because they started saying selichas already from Rosh Chodesh so we we're lucky we still get off another another week and then we start saying selichas but we all remember vidui because we've all been through Yim Kippur. We've all been through Surikos. We've all been through... So what's Vidui? Vidui is a shamnu, a god, a on your chest, a litany of all of the things that you've done, that you've done wrong. This Vidui, my sir, the confession of my sir, what are you saying? The, the exact opposite. All the things you did right. So, what's Vidu? The Rambam says vidui is made up of the first Rambam in Ilhosh Tshuva. That vidui is. You um, have to acknowledge that you did something wrong. I ate the kosher, I stole money, I did this, that, or the other thing. I regret that. I feel badly about that. It's not just that I know that I did something wrong. I, I feel badly that it. it's eating me up inside. The Enikhozela da Barazin, and, and uh, Kabbalah ala'atid, acceptance for the future, resolve to change ways. That's what vidui is. And all of a sudden, we meet vidui, and it's a completely different vidui. It's a vidui saying, I did everything I was supposed to do, every little trap of the mitzvah, and not only did I do everything I was supposed to do, but God, you have to now, keep your end of the deal. And give us the bracha that you promised. Bless us, bless the land. So, what's that? What's 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 it all about? What kind of what kind of vidui? Uh, what kind of vidui uh, is this? Um, so, perhaps structurally, the the um, the, the placement here. Is a way to, you know, like like bookends, uh, to, that uh, that the, sec- the whole section, the whole section uh, of Moshe's speech should both open in Parshat Re'eh and close here at the beginning of Kitavo with with these themes, this theme of um, thanking God for for the land both Mikra Bikurim and and Vidu uh, and Maiser are connected to this idea Mikra Bikurim very explicitly that we were slaves in Mitzrayim Hashem took us out He gave us the land here are the first fruits you know from from that land thanking God for whatever He's done for us and particularly for giving us the land and for making the land fruitful and also uh, uh, this connection to this connection to a vote to the promises that God made to Abraham, Yitzhak and Yaakov and now that we're really getting ready to make it happen to make it real, to make it relevant we're about to go in so to end the speech on those themes just like it was opened with those themes just like it was opened um, with those themes you know, at the beginning of the speech. that The, the whole section, what's the section of, of uh, uh, in Ved in Ved uh, in, uh, in the beginning of Parag Vav, in Vedchanan the, the, the whole speech opens, V'zot asher la asher atem These are the mitzvot, these are the chukim, these are the mishpatim, which God has commanded us to study, to learn, that Moshe should teach us, in order that we should do them when we get to the land, which we're about to, which we're about to, to inherit, which we're about to enter. So you have all these mitzvahs. Moshe's laying out the note cards uh, uh, to organize the speech. So what do you, do you want to end with? That you want to end with the say, well, that's what that's what they taught you. That's what my fourth grade teacher." Uh, Mrs. Yellen, let's remember the, the kind woman for the good. I hope she's still in the living. I don't, I don't know. That's just, you always have to end with something that sums it up. And what's the summary of the whole section? What's the, what's the thing that wraps up what it is that Moshe is telling us? That God took us out and He's giving us something good and the potential that's embedded in that holy land that we're going to, the potential to, literally to nourish us, spiritually to nourish us, is something that's remarkable. And it's something that we ought to take note of. And it's something that if we do well, it will work for us. And we ought to be grateful to God for that. And if we do what we're supposed to do, we'll be rewarded that's the whole theme of everything we've read in Dvarim up until now and these two mitzvot these two mitzvot encapsulate that so perhaps that's the reason that's the reason that that uh, that's the reason that Moshe ends the speech with these two with these two mitzvot, that, that's I, I had considered this as a possibility, and then I saw that uh, Menachem Liebtag, if you if you know Menachem tag he has that website, you know, with different uh, shirt So then I saw he mentions he he, he mentions a similar idea, Baruch Baruch Shekivanti. However, there are few other themes. There are few other themes which, on the surface, are not connected, but if we look at them, perhaps we can. We can make sense of them. We can put them together, and and we can understand both this particular mitzvah of vidui meiser as well as the the larger theme of everything Moshe has been talking about up until now. The Sforno, the Sforno here you have it on the sheets. The Sforno is something very interesting. Vidui, we, what's vidui? Vidui is hakarat achit. Recognizing sin, so all of a sudden, out of left field, here's a vidui which is the exact opposite. Everything we thought we knew about vidui, throw it out. So there are two ways to, I guess, answer the problem. One is to, one is to say, well, vidui can mean this, but it could also mean that, or. As we'll see in a second, the Sforno tries to do. No, this vidui, which on the surface, on the surface seems to be the exact opposite of what we know vidui to be, is really, if you scratch beneath the surface, the vidui that we all know and love, or the vidui that we all know and fear, or the vidui that we all know and dread, uh, dread in the sense of awe, of the the yamim no ra'im, the the awful days, right? Not awful, but awful. full, of, full of awe, full of, full of trembling. Technical question: Where do we see the language of Vidui in the in the sense? Ah, so that's what it says, right? So, so, so Chazal call it. The parsha doesn't, but Chazal Chazal refer to it in many different places as Vidui maaser. But all starting from like in the Mishnah in, in Maasir, Maasir, yeah, it's a technical question. Can we say this uh, two times in the 7-year cycle? Yeah. So, What? was the question? Uh, so, what? What was the, question? The, the question. The first question was, in, in fact, in fact, the Sukim do not refer to this recitation as vidui, uh, but chazal do. Chazal refer to it as, as, as vidui. The second question was, well, the halacha l'maisa. When 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 is it said? So the machlokus in the Rambam and the and the and the Raivin, whether or not it has to be said in the mikdash. And that has a uh, bearing on whether or not this is something that we still do today. After all, we, we do give, uh, even if perhaps it's only Durabon, we do give uh, Trimot Master today. But do we say this? Do, do any of you recall ever saying vidui Masrach? Oh, okay, but... So it said, it said twice during the seven-year cycle on Erev Pesach of the... what is the fourth year and the seventh year. Meaning, Pesach... After pe- in other words, the year ends Rosh Hashanah. Pesach, about a half a year later, is the deadline from which you ought to have cleared out anything that you set aside that you didn't give to the Kohen So And Pesach on the fourth year, you say vidui Meister on the first three years. And at Pesach of Shemitah, you say it on, the, on years uh, four, five, and six. Um, and you say these, so it's a makhlov so nowadays nowadays we don't uh, nowadays most people don't do So some posts can say you should do it what's the, what's the second? So, in well the first one is mikra bikurim the text that you say when you bring bikurim but we don't bring bikurim anymore so that's certainly not re- practical it's not halakha for anybody but in terms of bidumay some posts can say well on on Pesach the 4th and it's coming up uh, this coming Pesach this coming Pesach is uh, the Pesach of the 7th year. Say the Nishka say the Mishkafelech, what do you lose? Um, right. Um, uh, others say no, because in other words, maybe, how can you say the uh, Pesachim? Uh, how uh, can you say, Well, maybe you didn't do it right. Uh, after all, you know, not everybody knows exactly how to do true Muslim is just properly. And, some of us it's better not to say it, but some, some people. The truth is that I, I think in the last, last uh, whatever it was, uh, three years ago, two years ago, two and a half years ago, so I, I did say this pesukim on uh, on Pesach to, for, at, at least to do it. I think at least to do it zecher zecher to vidui Um But according to most it's not it's not uh, operative, uh, the operative the uh, operative halacha the Svorah note says something interesting. So again, we think Vidui means one thing. We thought Vidui meant HaKarata Chait, Kabbalah ala And now we see a Vidui which is a different animal altogether. So either Vidui can mean this, and it can mean that, or this Vidui is actually the same Vidui that we know in disguise. So this is what the Svorno says. The Svorno says, mm-hmm. Through our multifaceted sins, our sins and the sins of our forefathers, The service in the temple, which is today done by the kohanim and the Levim. Was removed from the firstborn. It was taken away. It was stripped away. In the original plan, who were the Kohanim? What? No. The B'chorot. The firstborn of each family would have gone off to serve in the temple. And then what happened? After the sin of the golden calf, when the Levite, when the B'chorot and most of the Am did not distinguish itself and the Levi'im did distinguish themselves. This is another theme that runs throughout the great speech of Moshe. That the, the spiritual leadership, the Kehuna was given to own Uvanav and to Shevet Levi in a larger sense. And it was taken away from the B'chorot. It was taken away from the firstborn. Because this burden and this merit are placed on the entire Shevet Levi, they are therefore entitled to receive Shemotu Maasrot. In other words, it's like tax. Since they're not getting land when they go in, they don't have their own Nakhala. They have different places they can live, different cities interspersed throughout, throughout the rest of the Israel. They have be a strategic plan since they're the teachers and they're the spiritual leaders and they're they're the people that are meant to be making sure that everything's working properly. So therefore they have to be, they can't be all living in one place. They have to be. If you have to be in this city and if you have to be in that city. But they don't have their own land. And since they don't have their own land, they have to be supported in an agricultural society. It's so important to remember this. We are so... Maybe some of you had... I don't know. Probably not. But Jews certainly in America or England were not, by and large, in agriculture. But uh, maybe somebody had a Bubby or a Zadie that ran a a, a milk farm in upstate New York or something. But in the pre-modern world, and certainly in the biblical world, agriculture was where it was at. Today, I I read, and this is relevant for Shemitah, I, I read that... Less than one percent of the Jewish population in Israel is involved in agriculture. Less than one percent. Well No, in other words, less, in other words, once upon a time the overwhelming majority Before the, industri- before the Industrial Revolution, the overwhelming majority of the world population was involved in agriculture in order to produce enough food that people could eat by. Now, everywhere, the overwhelming minority of people are involved in agriculture and in Eretz Israel less than 1% of the Jewish population is involved in agriculture, meaning we've outsourced it to, 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 to the non-Jewish population, to the Arab population. Um, but, uh, and that's been, when you think about Shemitah and what Shemitah means and what Shemitah is designed, it, it's, it's, you have to find a way to, to, to give it meaning. Uh, to give it meaning in, in 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 the contemporary world. That's a different that's a different topic. Um, so the Sforno says, "Midnechataenu, <speaking in Spanish> the, the kuhuna was taken away from the Bchorot, from the firstborn, and given to given to Shevet Levi." Asher lehem hayu ru'yot trumotu The Zehu vidui meiser in other words, what's the vidui here? What's the chait? You, you, you go to the Mikdash. Twice a Shemitah. And you say, I did everything I was supposed to do. What? No, but maybe maybe the Peshatir here is just, in other words no maybe, l- 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 the Peshat is talking talking the Mitzvah of chumos and Maistros right? not every battle all Tayyat Mitzvah no, like, no, no, no. uh, right the Deeming of chumos and but but uh, but what is what's there's a te- there's a text and a subtext when you say this Mitzvah of and Maistros that you gave me Hashem I did it I did it perfectly What's what's the what's the how is this like vitui? How is the, where's the hakaret achit? Because built in to doing the mitzvot of to ma'asrot is is the achit. It's the whole system. Now this is pure speculation. This is pure speculation. because we don't know what would have been without achit But what would have been without achit Egel? So there would have been no Levi. I mean, there would have been a Shevet Levi that would have been no different than Shevet Ruven or Shevet uh, Menashe. Uh, They would have had a a piece of land someplace, and they would have been farmers, and they would have been like everything else. And the firstborn of this Levi family, and the firstborn of that Ruveni family, and the firstborn of that Gadhi family, each of them would have gone to the Mikdash, and they would have been the Kohanim. And maybe there wouldn't have been Shemosa Meisters. Maybe the whole why? Because each family would have taken care of its own. Each family would have taken care of its own, and uh, and and you wouldn't have needed this halachah. And the whole thing is just a Bidyeted that, that Hashem had to had to be mitzavet, had to institute because the whole original plan got got messed up because the big monkey wrench thrown into the works called the chet ha'egil, and the whole the whole doing tshumus and is it is, is is tainted with, pardon the use of the term, with our original sin. What's our original sin? Yeah. Cheta Egel well. The Cheta is tainted with that, and and, and, and you know we we I know that I am personally very I'm very much looking forward to Shemitah I'm very much looking forward to Shemitah uh, It's the first time we moved to our house. Uh, we live in a flat, We moved to our house. Right at the end of the previous shmita, uh, six years ago, and uh, before that we lived here in Eshelane in an apartment. We didn't have a kina. We didn't, you know, we didn't have uh, two pots of flowers in them. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. And we spent these. Bad, we're, I got very into garden. i never, I never, I always came up with some kind of excuse not to have to mow the lawn when I was a kid in New Jersey. But I really, we, my wife and I, we really got very into the gardening. Not just, you know, I mean, I don't want to overpaint it as some great Zionistic fervor, but there's something about owning your own land and, and, and planting trees and planting shrubs and mowing the lawn and making it nice. And Baruch Hashem, it gave a very nice very nice gina, and it'll be difficult during shemitah to to refrain uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that um, true Muslim ISIS also you know you grow something in the gina. We, I remember when we first moved in we planted we planted we had a little patch with tomatoes with carrots it, to, to do those mitzvahs that are generally outsourced they're outsourced to the mashkichim they're outsourced to the rabbanut. you go to the store you buy carrots you buy carrots you, you go to the store, you buy tomatoes, buy tomatoes, and certainly in Yerushalayim certainly in Yerushalayim where Hashkochah is very good and Kashrus is taken care of who, who, who separates Trimus and Maistrus? Right? with a brocha, I mean, some people separate some people who uh, are suspicious that the Rabbanut uh, doesn't do it properly maybe they separate but without a brocha but most people don't even do that uh, most people, because it's not necessary uh, so, so it's, it's, it's not something. There's something exciting about it. The, the paper there in there's a story about a uh, story. I forget about it. I don't want to say who. Think one of the Pabli de came, you know, the Gro wanted to come on Ali the Vilna going, wanted to come on Ali. Yeah, he never actually made it but many of these Talmudim came and they settled to Yerushalayim and that's why many of the Minhagim, the Minhagim in Dathaning and other things in Yerushalayim what they call the Minhag Yerushalayim and many things, you know, which Ruf Tukachinsky and his Luach writes about, many of these customs are customs of the Vilna, of the Vilna Gom, all, all kinds of things that we uh, and it was not unfortunate, so there's a story that he comes on Aliyah and he gets off uh, the boat in Yafo or something and he gets into Shayara, uh, you know, a caravan that's coming up to Shalayim and they're, they're coming up along the way and they see he sees an olive grove so you lived in Vilna your whole life you never saw an olive you just read about it in the Chumash <laughs> so he says stop and they stop the shayara. and he jumps off the wagon and he runs to the olive it's, it's not a grove it's you know it's hefker it's out there in the wild and he grabs olives the first perot eretz Yisrael and he sees and he makes a shasher he makes a he makes a he makes a and he makes a not knowing of course that you can't no you can't eat olives off the tree because <laughs> they, they they have to be pickled they have <laughs> and he, but he already set up rocks. Okay, this just choking down the altar. That's the kind of the chavivut, the, the, the love of the heyro derech Israel that we want to feel. But, you know, we have our greengrocers grocers and we go into the stores and, and you know, and that's, that's what it is. Rabbi Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein has a very nice essay uh, I think it's called Thoughts on Shemitah um, it was published in Hebrew, it was translated to English. He has, I not think two volumes called Leaves of Faith, a collected essay, so it's in there, where he describes that Shemitah is something of a halachic tragedy, because we don't do it the way it ought to be done. And whether we can do it or we can't do it, whether it's practical or impractical, but the fact that we don't do it the way the Torah describes Partially because our society is organized differently, we don't live in an agricultural society, but there, there's something tragic about that. It's a very, it's a very, it's very the modern that I made mean, is to have a munah and select so your personal garden get. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So allow this kind of chaotic yeah, right. disorder, which is really not right. shemitah order. Right. Right. That's, that's not trade. the same. That's not the same. My parnasa, my, it, my, that's my, that's Parnossa, my is not affected by no, by The fact that my shrubs are going to need a good trimming the year after is so it's not I the think same that's treching. We had enough food growing now. Yeah. yeah. in the yeah. world where it's not just one people. So that's what this is the point that the scorno makes that the vidui Maeser is a vidui. Because when we when we saying when we saying <laughs> the, the, between the lines we're saying <laughs> we're saying <laughs> because the whole mitzvah is predicated on that on that original and that's what the vidui is. That's what the, the vidu is, because mm-hmm. there's something of foul in the, whole, in the whole system. So on one hand, we, we ought to feel that excitement that I just described. We ought to feel what I described about my feelings about, this is not relevant for Shemitah. Shemitah, uh, you know, Shemitah would have been Shemitah, even according to this hypothesis, that according to the original plan, there would be no Trumas and But there, there, there might have still been Shemitah. There probably wouldn't have still been, been Shemitah. But the, the feeling for Trumus and Meisteris, what? Oh, definitely. Definitely. definitely yes, yes. yes. Um, but uh, but, uh, but that, that kind of excitement that we feel for it not to negate that not to disparage that by any means but the whole system is predicated on, on a problem the the malbin the malbin addresses a, a related problem of each of them is trying to break down this. The chat of is so beautiful, right? The chat of is, you know, I did all the mitzvot, Hashem, Yashar to me, and please do what you have to do and give me a bracha. And the is saying, well, you know, you did these mitzvahs but it's only after the fact that you know you got this mitzvah as a tikkun or as a, not even as a tikkun, as a, as a kind of like to. To compensate for the miserable state that you're in, right? It's like uh, you know, it's like saying I don't know. uh, uh, It may not be a good metaphor, but you know, imagine imagine a a husband who is like a miserable wife beater, and you know, and he's 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 misarid gitten. He he doesn't. He after the besdin says he has to give his wife a get. He has to. He he drags his feet. And he finally goes and gives her a get. So it's true. Last week we read there's a mitzvah in the Torah. It's a tragic mitzvah. It is a mitzvah in the Torah, 1 of the Secular 13, that if you divorce your wife, you have to give her a get. So the guy doesn't look for Yashakuch, he doesn't go to Shul the next day and say, Ashken I did a really great mitzvah. Right? It, it, it's, it's, it's predicated it's on. Like it's not I appreciate say. But it's, it's, it's predicated on a tragedy. It's, it's predicated on a, on a tragedy um so that's so that's that's for the the Malvin says What 's this whole in inka Chekho but since when do we boss around God I did my mitzvahs you keep your promise so briefly briefly the 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 Malibin here, the here says that it's there's two different kinds of let's read this it's a hashkifah look down it's poetic right we say to God hashkifah gaze down look down from your from your holy abode from the heavens it's a kind of tfilah it's not bossing around exactly. It's a tefillah saying, look, we've done what we promised, and we hope, we pray, that you'll do what you do even what you promised, even though it's not exactly the regular kind of phraseology of tefillah that we're, that we're used to. Um, we did what we were supposed to do, you should also please do what you promised. It's as if we're coming as a, as a, we have like a, a, a claim against God to fulfill His promise. V'chein uh, me'emar a pasuk in Malachi. The whole pasuk in Malachi, uh, it's a, it's a typo, but it's pasuk yud not pasuk tet. But uh, the Posagin Malachi says, "Heviu et kol hamaser el beta In other words, the Malachi says, You bring the mice to where you're supposed to bring it. U bazod v'harikotzi lachem bracha ad Hashem says, You bring the mice I'll give you the bracha. So that's the promise. Where's the promise that we should do it? So here, the uh, Posagin Malachi says, If you bring the mice to where you're supposed to do, if you do the way you're supposed to do it, I'll give you a bracha ad bleed die, unlimited, endless uh, bracha. That's the whole. That's the whole puzzle. Even though we ought not test God, we ought not. We're not in a position to make demands on on God about the staka mutar. Yes. But in terms of maiser and tzedakah, maiser is a kind of tzedakah. So then you're allowed to. Then you're allowed to push. Then you're allowed to make a demand. That's, and that's, that's built into the system. That's built into the system. And then he goes on to differentiate between a, a b'china and a nisayon. There's two divisions. It's very similar to something that Siv says in Aykades Yitzvah. Uh, about what, what the there it's God testing man here we're testing we're testing God as it were about uh, the difference between different forms of Nisyonot of trials of of being tested of being put of being put to the test so there's different kinds of tests and that's and this, is, this kind is all right this kind uh, this kind is uh, this kind is all right says the Malbim uh, because it's a staka Meiser test. It's a, a staka and maiser claim. And if, in fact, we do it what we're supposed to do, but you have to really do it. So maiser is easier than a staka. Maiser, in terms you know, you have a carrot, If you know the dinim, so you do what you're supposed to do. And you can feel, like, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. Like lots of other mitzvilles. Right? You have your tefillin. Uh, the tefillin are kosher. You have them checked. You know, they're all right. So you know how to put on tefillin. When you're done putting on tefillin, you don't need to be paranoid. Maybe I didn't do it right. That's, that's an unhealthy, that's an unhealthy kind of uh, uh, emotions, which sometimes disguises itself as yerushalmayim. Maybe I didn't do it right. Maybe I should do it again. Maybe I, I should go get another pair of pills and put those on because maybe the ones that I had there something wrong with them. That's not a healthy kind of avodas Hashem by and large. Hmm? Yeah, it can lead to uh, um, so. Uh, so that's proportional to you so if you know the and you know how to separate and you know how to give and you know what to do uh, so you can feel the same kind of confidence with, as you can with all the other mitzvot if you, if you do it properly stuck is a little harder stuck in the classical sense so, because after all everybody does have a limit of how much they can give and, and uh, the encounters with people are a little more you know, when you filter the mitzvah through the variables of real human interaction, it's um, it's a little tricky Rabbi have if you turn the page, Rabbi Salavetchik in the Hamestras Trashot There's this very uh, nice collection of essays of, of drashot that Rabbi Salavetchik gave. First, it was published. Uh, it was first published in Yiddish because they were Yiddish drashot that he gave to the Mizrahi. To the, to the religious Zionists in America in the in the 50s and 60s. So he delivered them in Yiddish. And they were published in Yiddish, I think, as the fear drushes. And then they added another one, so now it's the five drushes, and then it was published in English and published in Hebrew. And uh, so there's, there's a drusha there called Brit Avot, where he addresses this question of this does Vidui, And this larger question that we've been talking about of in what way is this? In what way is this doing? So you have it here in Hebrew. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it from the English, just to save some time. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could do that. So, but you can look along. It's a very, uh, it's a very loyal translation. You can look along in the Hebrew. So, if you have the English, the English, it's, the English is a strange book. It's called. Uh, the, the title is The Rub Speaks or the title on the spine is The Rub Speaks and on the cover it's The f- Five Addresses. So, uh, so it's, uh, it's from page 132 in The Five Addresses. Um, it would seem at first sight that the title Confession is inapt for this section. We know what is meant by Confession. Recital of a sin that one has committed. The sense of Confession on Yom Kippur whether the short confession or the long confession is clear. It's an act of merciless accusation and self-condemnation. But in the section of my servidu here, there's no mention of sin. As the rub is, uh, is not connected to what the, what the Svorno said. So there's no mention of sin. There's no hint of sin. Only on the contrary. It speaks of mitzvot and good deeds. The Jew praises himself in not having transgressed even a single mitzvah that he has fulfilled to the letter of all the mitzvot bearing on on my of According to all the commandments which Thou hast commanded me, I have not transgressed any of the commandments. Neither have I forgotten them. I've hearkened to the voice of the Lord, etc. The Gemara and Sotah equates the section of Vidu'i Miser with the recital of man's praise. Shifcho'shal Adam. It's not Vidu'i, it's not Vidu'i where you're listing all the things you've done wrong. It's your Shepach. It's praise. Yet despite this, Chazal termed the recital of this section, vidui. Your question. We must understand the nature of this confession and how it comes about that the praise of man is at the same time his confession. It's the, it's the opposite. It's the opposite attack that the Svarna took, right? And there are two ways to resolve the question. Either to say that vidui can mean this and vidui can mean that, or to say that this vidui, which looks like one thing, is really another. And so the Rabbi Salomechik is saying that this vidui, which looks like something else, and the vidui that we know, emanate from, the same, from a larger principle. And they just spill out into different directions. But they're really, at the heart, the same thing. Concealed within this terminology, vidui, is a fundamental principle of Jewish thinking on repentance and confession. And it's very relevant for us standing two weeks before Shoshua. Repentance is grounded in two principles. The whole idea of tshuva rests on two different things. Number one, on the power within man to accuse himself, man or woman, to accuse himself and his ability to see himself as unworthy and inferior. In the confessional declaration of Yom Kippur, but thou art righteous In all that is come upon us, what's the, where's the, right? V'atat, shavik al kol aba alaynu ki emet asita v'anachno hirshanu. Anachno hirshanu. We're wicked. The wonderful power of total, unreserved self-accusations expressed. So, tshuva is based on the idea that, that we can really, we can really, um, have a, a, an accurate self-analysis that we at the end of the day are able to know who we are and what we've done which is a, which is a hard thing to, to, to really know thyself and that's the work of tshuva first you have to like the Rambam the first step is recognizing you have a problem knowing that you've done something wrong and two, the second premise on which vidui is, is uh, 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 on which vidui and tshuva are, are predicated, on the great ability of each individual to cleanse himself, to grasp that the boundless spiritual forces hidden away within the human personality, including that of even the greatest sinner, drive one towards return to God, on the ability of man to raise himself to the greatest heights, if he but wishes it, though he has sunk to the abysmal depths of impurity. In other words, tshuvah is predicated on two things. One, that you can get an accurate self-analysis. And two, that you are able and that you believe that you're able that, and you believe that you're able to change. No matter what you've done. No matter how low you've sunk. This second principle is just as important as the first. The person is unable to repent if he lacks the courage to blame and to condemn himself. Regret is impossible without recognition of sin. On the other hand, one cannot imagine recognition of sin and commitment for the future unless man believes in his creative faculties and abilities. In other words, first you have to have a You have to, you have to know that you've done something wrong. You have to It, it, it has to haunt you. It, it has to eat away at you. But you have to have kabbalah So unless you believe that you have the power to change unless you believe that you have spiritual forces within you for the good for improvement, for growth truth is meaningless it has to be both it has, one is you have to know you're a lowly worm and the other is you have to know that you could be like a malach that you have that potential and you have to be able to bridge that and 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 move in that direction, and that movement—that's what tshuva is. Somebody that only knows that they're garnished, that they're in nothing, that they're lowest of the low, and believes that that's who he is destined to be, can't do tshuva. Because you can only—if you can only do the first step of akarata and harata—it's not like, well, at least I got two thirds. Because without the Kabbalah al without the movement forward, it's meaningless. It might even be worse than meaningless. Because if you can't change, and it's just going to eat you up, and it's going to destroy you and poison you, that, that might be liable to lead you to do worse things. Wh- who knows? So this second principle is okay. just as... On the other hand, one cannot imagine recognition of sin and commitment for the future unless man believes in his creative faculties and abilities and the power of his soul that can help sanctify himself. If a person thinks that he is beyond saving and hence subject to natural mechanical forces, if he's not convinced of human freedom of action, then it's impossible for him to feel guilt, and there's no reason to expect him to change. And that's why, and I'll I'll just briefly, and that's why that's why this is a beauty. That's why this is a vidui. This is a vidui, you say, Ashamnu Bagadnu, because that was a vidui Yom Kippur, and then there's the vidui of a city of, of a sithi called tzvotecha. Right? I did it perfect. That's also a vidui, because you can't say, Ashamnu Bagadnu, unless you know what you're also capable of. Ashamnu Bagadnu is meaningless, unless you know that you're capable of doing it right. And since you know okay. you're capable of doing it right, that casts, Ashamnu Bagadnu, I did all these terrible things, it, uh, on a spectrum of your abilities. And it makes it meaningful. And that's why this is, that's, Rabbi Salvation says, that's what we do is. That's why this is we do in my say. I mentioned earlier, how can anybody possibly say this? It's text you have to say, and not I hope that you actually know what's the bill. Right. Well, no, but in fact, if somebody knows, the halacha is if somebody knows that they that they messed up on Mysir or Vidui or they ate my when they when they when they were through and they were tamay, or etc. So then they could they can't say. It. But the question still remains, okay, so so this is a this that's a vidui. But why is the vidui? How come we don't have Vidui mezuzah? Why don't once you know, twice in seven years twice in seven years you're supposed to get mezuzah check? Twice in seven you say vidui So when you do take your when you take your mezuzas to the souk fair, why don't you have vidui mussar, vidui mezuzah? A city can call mitzvahs echo. K'katuv, all mezuzah peta'chol And I did it perfectly. A city, the Jew has a tinge of chet in it because the minute we're an Asiti people, tzman we did it. And now looking toward the future. As good as the, that's what the goal does, in a sense. The, with, our whole the idea of teshuvah by Soloveitchik is the potential to move to some other condition of being. irrespective um, if you are just stuck with what you have done, c- 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 no, but say. But, but, but why do we attach it? So this one, which we do, and by the way, we don't do it but it, but this kind of this kind of boastful pride, right. which has its place, it is done. The saka twice in seven years. That's something we do every day. That's what we do every day. It's <laughs> twice in seven years. But why is it connected? Dafka to myself? Why dafka? Could be. Could, I just give an example. There's could be lots of other things. So Rav Kook said, said, I don't have the original in front of me. There's this uh, collection called Ein Aya, which are collections of Agadot of Rav Kook on Shas. uh, Rav Kook's parish on various Agadot and Shas on the Agadot in the Ein Yaakov. So there are three volumes that are out. Two volumes on Shabbos and one volume on Bruchos. The second volume on Bruchos, which was published and then disappeared, has now been republished it's not been republished. It's going to be available in the stores apparently soon. So in, at the end of that volume, he also has on, uh, on certain things in, um, in the rest of Zroid, and, and Maestro So I have somebody here summarized it. And, uh, but I don't have the original text. So Rav Cook says, why did the Torah establish vidui specifically with regard to Tremot and Maestro as opposed to any of the other 600-1 for? The beauty of tithing is that it encompasses all aspects of the Torah's obligations. Shurmah to has a little bit of everything. It contains both positive and negative mitzvot, giving trumah to Maistros, as well as the prohibitions not to eat food which, which wasn't tithed, or, or, or etc. It involves our responsibilities towards others, gifts to the Levim and to the Anim, to the, to the ladies and the poor, and towards God. The special holiness of truma. And it reflects both obligations of the individual, the farmer's obligation to to give and Meiseras, and society as a whole, which is to support the koanim in their spiritual service to the nation. Thus, and Meiseras includes all of the foundations of our ethical responsibilities. Vidui Meiser teaches us that we should not judge ourselves too harshly, but strive for a balanced self-image, the ability to derive satisfaction from our accomplishments. This more accurate outlook allows us to see ourselves more clearly, providing strength to overcome negative traits and habits, etc. That's 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 what Rav Cook says. That words, This idea of vidui has to, vidui that we know and dread and fear all year long has meaning only if you have a vidui like vidui meiser, which points to the opposite, the opposite end of the spectrum, and and kind of paints the spectrum of your of your potential your lowest and your highest, which gives tshuva meaning. Uh, and Rav Cook says that it's because, it, it's connect- we do it, you could do it, I guess, on anything. And it's good that we don't do it too often, because it would go to our heads. Mm-hmm. But we do it on this mitzvah, because this mitzvah is a kind of a cold ball. It It summarizes everything. The individual and the community and that might be the reason that Moshe concludes the section with this mitzvah. Because it, again, reflects back on everything he's been discussing. And if you put together all of the different perushim that we saw, the Svorno, and Amal, and, the, and, the, and, the, and Rav Kuk and Rav it turns Vidu and Meiser into something very, very rich. And if you're concluding this long drashah about, about the mitzvot, about the mitzvot, um, you know, it might be good to end the speech, to end the speech um, on this note, particularly as you're moving now, we, we, we are moving now into Eretz Yisrael, where we're going to have to start taking responsibility for ourselves. And we're going to have to build a society. And we're going to have to take this somewhat abstract vision of what it means to be mam Kohenim kadosh, and... Make it mean something on the ground. That's if you do nicer. That's 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 this mitzvah of knowing what could go wrong. After all, the whole thing is predicated on on the big wrong of the chet Ega. social responsibility. Knowing that if we do what we're supposed to do, he's going to do what he has to do, like the malbim explains. And that can be, we can push him a little bit, we can prod him a little bit in certain cases. And, and, and knowing that here we are, we're, this, we're the descendants of slaves, our Ovedavi, and he took us out, and now we're going in, and we can build the great society. Shabbat Shalom.